listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's spotlight Kirk Cousins, take you across the league with Anthony Beck, former NFL tight end, who has filled in on this very program. Anthony, we appreciate you taking the time. We know that Kirk Cousins has broken the bank, mega bucks fully guaranteed, but from a football perspective only, how much of an upgrade do you think Cousins is over Case Keenum, who had a magnificent season last year in Minnesota? Hey, yeah, what's up, guys? It's interesting. I mean, listen, the market always dictates, you know, what these quarterbacks can make and what they actually can get. Uh, You know, I don't know when you put apples and apples together. I mean, I I didn't think that Case Keenum was a detriment uh, for what the Vikings had done last season. I think more than less he had helped them get to where they were at that point. Now, is Kirk Cousins going to give you that much more output to get you over the hump uh, from last season? I mean, you know, to me it's kind of a bust-or-break sign uh, when you're talking about bringing him in and, and what he brings to the table. So, uh, you know, there's just that trend that seems to be that these, these GMs and these teams value these quarterbacks, but when a team obviously doesn't value in the Redskins and they bring another guy in because of what they felt he deserved or didn't deserve and where they think they're going to be now, and now the Vikings doing the same thing but reversing that and not really embracing what Case Keenum did. I, I always find it interesting how we don't embrace maybe the undersized, the guy that doesn't have the name, the cliche quarterback, but Case Canem, I think, did some great things in, in Minnesota. So tall task for Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. Oh, an extremely tall task, especially when all of the money is guaranteed after the guy who they didn't want t- took them to an NFC championship game. That means Super Bowl or bust in my mind. But Case Keenum, he's going off to Denver. They've just given him a two-year, $36 million deal, 25 of it guaranteed. Would you say basically that that's what – I was thinking about he should have gotten it for as a franchise tag is concerned, but do you see a team like yeah. Denver just giving him an opportunity to come in and take over the, the helms and, and just basically just be the man because there's nothing else there unless they grab someone at the, as, what, the fifth pick overall in this draft? And are those guys going to be ready to go to a court? I mean, we've seen the process for some of these quarterbacks. I mean, if you're not surefire, like maybe the, the Carson Wentz's and, and, and the, uh, Jameis Winston's and Mariota's, I don't know if we feel that way about any of these guys coming in I I think yeah I mean look Case Keenum has done enough he should have confidence I, I believe he's still a, he's still playing with a chip on his shoulder even though he's getting 25 million guaranteed so you know he's a guy that's going to go in there and still has to prove doubters wrong but you know congratulations for him for getting paid and I think he's going to work just as hard as he did uh you know when he was uh, trying to fight for that big contract so I think you know it's a tremendous upgrade for the Broncos you look at the quarterback situation it's been terrible and it's held them back and they need a, a little more uh, some more pieces in my opinion outside of just a quarterback I don't know if they're the most ready team like maybe a lot of folks have talked about their defense is good but not the same as they was a few years ago so uh you know I think you know Case Keenum gives them an opportunity at least for now where a guy can come in feel confident about what he's doing I think that you know he plays with that chip on his shoulder he's going to have some success there as well Anthony Beck is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Anthony, you know the college game, well-calling games for ESPN. We're all guessing, but I appreciate your educated view. What do you think the Browns are going to do with the number one overall pick? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, you know, picking up Tyrod Taylor, obviously, to play the quarterback position, you know, you just look at his skill set and you think, okay, if they were to take a quarterback at one, you know, is it a similar skill set guy? Is it a guy that can do the things maybe he can do? Because you're talking about now two different types of, you know, schematics that you're putting together for a quarterback. If you pick one of these 
prototypical guys that are potentially coming out of the draft. Uh, you know, I sense the fact that they could strongly be looking at, you know, at the running back position. You know, it's not just to me you're getting a running back with Saquon Barkley. I think you're getting a lot more what he brings to the table. I know we always talk about running backs or a dime a dozen. You can get one later. But I think there are some categories where we talk about unique skill sets. I think a lot of people are throwing around generational back for Leonard Fournette, even though he didn't have every skill set to be a dominant back in those features that you want to have. Uh, to me, I just think Saquon Barkley, I, I, was, I called his first start when he played against Buffalo, Penn State, in a, in a MAC game, and he was jumping over guys, really setting himself on the scene, and I just you could see this guy is special, and what he's done in his career, he brings so much more to the table than just actually handing the ball off to him, so I, I think he's a legitimate pick for them, especially when you have another one a couple spots underneath. Give me your take on the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you have two quarterbacks Mike Glennon, as well as Sam Bradford with one-year deals. Give me your take moving forward with this football team. What do you think they may do with that pick they have in the first round? You know, it's interesting. Desperation right now. I mean, they're trying to lock something up. Obviously, Bradford with an injury, coming off a knee injury again. uh, You know, what will he bring to the table? You know, Mike Glennon uh, gets that big deal, goes another way. Uh, You know, to me, I think you need some weapons. I think you need some players around your quarterback situation. When you bring veterans in that have done some things in the league, you know, I think Mike Glennon was behind the eight ball when he, when they brought him in the, with the Chicago. I like Mike Glennon's skills, but he had nothing around him. His receivers got injured. He had no uh, offensive skill players around to get the ball to. So to me, I just felt like he was behind the eight ball before he even got there. So, uh, again, if you can feed those weapons, get some of those skill set guys, you know, get some of those guys that can do multiple things on the football field, and then also you got to protect the quarterback. So we, and to me, this is not a very strong offensive line uh, draft, but there are some guys at the top that, that fill those, those, those needs of skill sets of protecting a quarterback. So uh, skill, skill position and, and offensive linemen, to me, uh, would make sense uh, for, for the Cardinals coming into this draft with that pick. Taking you around the league with Anthony Beck, the former NFL tight end. Anthony, given the amount of time you have devoted to college football in recent years, what's your assessment of this quarterback class? They all have flaws, and that's the case every year. Which of them yep. do you believe in the most? Have you got to slot these guys? Sam Darnold, number one on your list? You know what? He is. I, you know, I was very fortunate to call a, a game live for all these quarterbacks, so I got to watch other games for them and and really see what they're all about. And you're right, they all have their pluses and minuses. I think for me, Darnold, Rosen, and uh, Josh Allen all have the ability to fit in multiple systems in the NFL, whereas some of the other quarterbacks are a little limited. Uh, You know, you look at a guy like uh, Lamar Jackson. I just don't know if I'm going to bring him in, draft him high, and say, okay, plug him in, he can fit the system. I think you have to be unique. You have to be able to develop and build something around a guy like him and honestly, to me, I, I wouldn't pigeonhole myself at just saying, okay, he's just a quarterback. You know, people were knocking, saying to be a running back or be a receiver and do this. I think the more you can do, the more you can help the team, the more versatile his weapons can be to hurt teams in the NFL because he's got a unique skill set. Uh, you know, Josh Allen out of Wyoming, I think he's got the most upside. He's got a tremendous arm. You know, he lost 95% of his weapons after his, his past season going into his junior year. Uh, I thought maybe he probably should have came out the year before, but decided to stay back. So he does have those flaws. The consistency, uh, the, the completion percentages are all question marks. But when you talk about systems, and Cordell knows, you know, when quarterbacks can come into the league and they know some of the terminologies, they know some of the things that are going on, you know, that West Coast system, the same system that Carson Wentz played in at North Dakota State, Craig Ball brought to Wyoming, 
is something that he's going to be able to familiarize himself with with a lot of the offenses in the NFL. The one, obviously, the question mark a lot of people are up and down with is, is Baker Mayfield. To me, the one thing I worry about Baker Mayfield, I know he's got the stats, I know he's got the completion percentage, he's very accurate, but his system at Oklahoma was very limited on what they asked the quarterback to do. They didn't have many protections. He didn't have to call many of them at all. Uh, they were offensive line dictated. And then also his, his progressions and what he was asked to do from a coverage standpoint. You know, understanding the defensive sets, making those calls, being able to do all those things, it's not just a one-two read by like Oklahoma. He's going to have to understand route concepts, understand how those things work and break down, and also be able to translate all that information and bring it to the field on Sundays. So how many opportunities, how many teams want to take those chances? And again, he's a guy that's got a lot to prove, a chip on his shoulder, but I'm just solely look at the, the, what the big, uh, big, ten, big, excuse me, big 12 guys, quarterbacks, have come in. They've, they've struggled. To, to really take that next step. You look at Bryce Petty. It, I think it's a very good comparison. Here's a kid that put up similar type numbers in, in college, but when he got to the NFL, it was just a whole different ball game. He was clueless on what he was actually seeing from the defenses in the NFL, and it challenged him. And now his third year, it's, it's still taking him time. He's improved, but again, it was a huge jump and leap for him. So I think that'll be very similar for Baker Mayfield. And if you're drafting him high, are you just going to throw him out there? So I just think that's a, that's a huge question mark for GMs and some of those scouting departments that have to look at outside of just the, the completion percentage, the moxie, and the things, uh, some of the intangible things he brings to the table. How do you see the Cleveland Browns handling their, their first and fourth pick with Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, as well as Carlos Hyde being there? Do you think they still target a quarterback at the number one spot considering they do have a quarterback that's not a turnover machine and you have a back right in the backfield that's been injured a couple of times over the past few years. Man, I'll tell you, you know, Cordell, if you can think about Tyrod Taylor and Saquon Barkley in the same backfield, that really does open up a large amount of things that you can do offensively that really restrict NFL defenses and what they can do from a personnel standpoint because, you know, the, 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 the movability, the, 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 the possibilities of, you know, the legs that, that Tyrod Taylor brings. Plus, he, he's a decent passer. You're right. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and throw for 300, but he's not going to turn the ball over much. So, again, getting weapons around him, and they've done that with some of the receivers, obviously with Landry coming in and, 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 and that sort. So, you know, I would say, you know, take, take the best skilled position player you think is out there. I think it's Saquon Barkley. F4, you could still bring a quarterback in. But I would say maybe you would even still maybe think, okay, maybe we could – uh, trade this pick. There's going to be some interest, obviously, how it shakes out uh, at the top of the draft. Some teams get interested. Maybe you can get some more picks, come down a little lower, and really increase the value of some of the picks that you're getting because of the fact that you know this draft might not be first-round heavy, but there are a lot of good players in that mix that you know if you did your homework and you do those things, you can gain an extra uh, piece or piece of talent uh, in this draft. So, you know, I that, that's a possibility, I think, at four for them to trade. But, you know, a quarterback, I think, w- wouldn't be terrible to take at that position. But you've got to improve yourself with the positions and players you have now. Because if you, take a, if you take Barkley at one and you take a quarterback at four, then that quarterback's probably not going to start. So do you want value right now on your football team so they can contribute on the field now? And I think with the moves they've made in free agency and some of the trades, they look like they're trying to do something now. So to me, that, that's a decision. You know, do you play for now or the future? You just don't have enough time, in my opinion, to develop guys uh, when, you, when, you, when you've gotten a guy like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's good enough. So you just put the pieces around him and try to win some football games. Anthony, we appreciate the insights. Thanks so much for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn. 
Okay, guys, thanks. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.